Blog Talk Radio. And now you're listening to The Green Zone on Blog Talk Radio. And here's your host, Julian Carter. Here we go. And welcome into another episode of the Green Zone. This is your host for today, Dennis Agapito. I am filling in once again for the main host, Julian Carter, always out trying to promote the brand. I know I filled in last week as well, but Julian will be back on the next episode. And we have some really great things lined up for you uh, moving forward. Some interactive things. Um, it's going to be it's going to be terrific. So we hope you can join us for that. And Julian will definitely be back with us for the next episode. And we're going to try to get some, you know, another live feed going, some call in action. We want to get be a little more interactive than we've been doing the shows. We've been kind of doing some preview things. And uh, we'll be doing some advertising about when the next show will be on. Of course, the best way to keep track of what's going on with the show is to follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Green Zone Radio. Well, not exactly the best week uh, for Gang Green uh, this past Sunday. And I, I'm really not going to get too much into the Raiders game, the specifics. I think everybody kind of knows what happened. Um, a lot of injuries. And, and basically, here's the bottom line. Look, if you thought that you were going to go into a 16-game season and the Jets weren't going to put a clunker out there in one of these games. You're kidding yourself. And that's exactly what they did. They, they, they stunk up the joint. Let's face it. They went out to Oakland, and they couldn't do anything right, especially the defense. I think, I think that's what you look at and you say, this is the strength of this team, is the defense. And you know, giving up 34 points and giving up 450 yards and that kind of thing, um, a lot of touchdowns missed tackles. It was a sloppy game all around. But again, that doesn't mean you have to be happy with it. Everybody's disappointed. Everybody's upset. And, you know, you have a right to be. It was a poor performance. They had come off a loss. You wanted to see a victory. You wanted to see them come back five and two. Unfortunately, they're coming back to MetLife for a game with the Jaguars. Four and three and a couple injuries there that certainly uh, weren't very, very good. We're not very happy about some things were up in the air with the quarterback situation. We'll, we'll get into all that stuff uh, real soon, but kind of want to take a bigger picture approach here rather than just looking at this one game because it was, it was like I said, it was just terrible. So um, you can't go back. You can't replay it. It's just one of those things where it's a week-to-week league, and sometimes you're just going to have performances like that. And unfortunately, we, we all kind of saw it coming, even though I predicted last week that they would win. I know a lot of people have predicted that they were going to win but you, you kind of felt nervous about the hangover effect. And, and, and that's really what you kind of saw out there. Uh, just, they just looked flat. But, you know, let's take a big picture a, a look at this right now. This team is four and three at this point in time. Okay. And there's an old adage in sports that sometimes you're, you're not as good as you think you are. And you're not as bad as you think you are when you're playing poorly. Maybe you're not as bad as you think you are. And when you're playing well, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. I, I think that adage kind of fits here with the Jets because they got off to a, a, a hot start. Now, now, at the beginning of the year, I mean, you heard a lot of predictions from people. And a lot of the predictions that you heard kind of floating around Jet Nation was, hey, maybe 8-8 eight and eight at the end of the year. Again, that remains to be seen what they will finish with record-wise. But 8-8 eight and eight was – kind of a common theme from people. Some people thought maybe 10 wins, some people thought maybe six, seven, in between, somewhere around there. So it was eight and eight outside the realm of possibility. So it was four and three in your mind. Take out, wash away this Raiders game for a minute. Just wash it away. And, and just the how, how much of a clunker it was. And just look at the big picture and say, four and three is kind of around what we expected. Now, I know it's disappointing because they were four and one. 
and then they lose two in a row. I'm going to say a couple of things here about this team. One of the things about this team that I've noticed is they, in general, are confident. They are confident no matter what situation. So I still believe that they're a confident team. I still believe that they have, maybe their confidence has been shaken a little bit, but I still believe that they ultimately are confident. They have veteran leadership. They tend to be poised. But this is really the most adversity that they have faced this season, you know, coming into the game now with Jacksonville. And this, this is going to be a big test of kind of how they handle adversity. And, again, the adversity level right now is the highest it's been all season. But there are a lot of veterans on this team. They are confident. They do have leadership. And I think that they can bounce back from this. I don't think this is doomsday. You know, a lot of people, again, fans, myself included, we, we, we let our emotions run high and low. We have highs and lows. We go, we, we have peaks and valleys as fans. And I've mentioned this in past shows that, that the players, at least on this team, seem to have hills, ups and down the hills. They don't let their highs get too high. They don't let their lows get too low. But I do want to go over the, some statistics in the first seven games here and kind of lay out kind of where this team is. I, I had mentioned last week that I didn't believe that this team was an elite team. And I, I, I wish I could say that, but I got to take my, my green and white glasses off when I look at the team in general compared to other teams. We knew the Oakland Raiders were going to be a test for them. We knew they were. You look at, you look at them, again, on paper, and games aren't played on paper, but you got to go out there. It's always tough to win on the road. They got to play a team that's on the rise, a team that really, I mean, they could have been a going in there. They could have been a four or five win team. A couple of plays go differently. Every team can say that, but they had talent and the talent showed through and the jets were flat and didn't play well, but let's, let's go over a few things here for these first seven games. Some, some, the good, bad, however you want to look at it. You know, the jets did start off four and one. That's great. I mean, look, we were all happy they started off 4-1. and one. But here, here, here's the winning total of the teams that they've beaten so far. They're 11-19. and 19. That's, that's the win total of the teams that they have beaten, the four wins they have. So um, it isn't like they played a bunch of elite teams. They played some middle-of-the-road to maybe below-middle-of-the-road teams. I mean, the Colts, for example, I mean, they just, they just fired their offensive coordinator scapegoat. I mean, they're three and five. I mean, I, the AFC South is a joke. I mean, that's the Houston Texans are tied first place with three wins. So it, 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 that was a game we all looked at in the schedule and the Colts went to the AFC championship game last year, but they're, they're not playing so well. Kudos to the Jets for winning on their home field. Don't take anything away from a victory. I've always said this victories in this league are hard to come by, but Let's take a look at who they lost to. The combined record of the teams they lost to is 15-8. and eight. And again, my, my, my point is kind of this, is that if you want to be in the conversation as a championship-caliber team, which is what we want here, again, the Jets went out early in the year, early in the offseason, they made a lot of moves. They brought in a lot of big-name players. They brought in a quarterback, and they had a quarterback competition, which they were going to have, which Gina was kind of – maybe uh, uh, had a leg up, but then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, the kind of steady hand. He did a good job. And you know what? He was going to continue to be in the starter. Now he's got this thumb injury. We'll discuss that a little bit later, but when they were four and one, maybe they weren't quite as good as that four and one record. Now let's take, let's take a look at the seven games they played. Let's take a look at some of the positive things and how come they won certain games and how come they lost certain games and what things kind of transpired over this two-game losing streak. Now, first, they started off at home with a win over Cleveland. And I'm going to just kind of go over some numbers here, some things that went well for the Jets in that game and other games that they won. Cleveland, right now, is ranked 32nd in the league against the rush on defense. Plays right into the Jets' hands, doesn't it? I mean, again, the offense. This offense is a ball-control offense. They need to run the ball. So let's look at Cleveland. Cleveland rushed for 104 yards that game. The Jets run, ran for 154. Also, the Jets were plus four in turnovers. They won that game pretty handily. Well, when you look at those statistics, you can understand why. Indianapolis, 
rushed for 93 yards against us, and we rushed for 101, very close in the rushing category. But again, plus four in turnovers. That certainly helped there. Now we're going to turn our attention to a game which the Jets lost, which was Philadelphia. Chris Ivory sat out that game. Philadelphia 123 yards rushing, the Jets 47, minus three in turnovers. Then they went to Miami. Okay. Now, I, I just got to throw this in that Indianapolis is ranked 28th in the league against the rush. Miami is ranked 25th in the league against the rush. Miami and London, when they played Miami, they rushed for 59 yards. The Jets, the Jets rushed for 207. The Jets were also plus one in turnovers in that game. So, again, 200 yards on the ground. That's the recipe for success for the Jets. Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins right now are actually ranked 30th in the league against the rush. They were pretty decent earlier in the year, but they've really fallen by the wayside. 34 rushing yards for Washington. 221 rushing yards for the Jets. They were minus one in turnovers in that game. Uh, they didn't win a turnover battle, but certainly 221 yards on the ground. Now we're going to go to the, these last two games. New England didn't rush the ball a lick, and we mentioned that last week. 16 yards on the ground. The Jets only had 89, though. Not 125 or 150, something like that, which maybe would have made the game a little bit tighter. Maybe would have kept Tom Brady off the field. Only 89 yards rushing in that game. They're also minus one in turnovers. And last week, Oakland ran for 118 yards, and the Jets ran for 74. They were also minus one. I guess my point is here is that we've discussed this. The Jets, you see, the, Jets, the thing with the Jets is this, and we know their defense is solid, even though they gave up, had a poor performance last week. We know their defense is solid, and that's the strength of their team. They need their defense to play very well. They need a defense to stop the other team's run, make them one-dimensional, get some turnovers for this offense. They, they kind of need that. They can't really win a shootout where the defense is not playing so hot. The other thing is this, is that the Jets on offense, they need that running game. Look, Brandon Marshall had over 100 yards receiving in the game against Oakland. But, I mean, those are just nice for fantasy, fantasy points. Chris Ivory didn't have a very good game. They didn't have a very good game running the ball. So, I mean, on offense, it's pretty simple here. Two guys make the offense go. Chris Ivory and Brandon Marshall. You kind of need both of them. You can't just have one. I think Chris Ivory helps Brandon Marshall. Now, look, I'm not taking anything away from Brandon Marshall. He's been very good. He's been a go-to guy. He's made some fantastic catches. But without that running game, him putting up 100 yards receiving isn't really going to get it done. And, again, the Jets are not built to come from 21 points back and this kind of thing. Here's why they're not an elite team, because they can't beat you a lot of different ways. Some teams can I mean, the Denver Broncos, even though Peyton Manning has struggled a little bit earlier in the season, had a great game against the Green Bay Packers, they can beat you on defense. They can beat you with offense. They can beat you. I mean, eh, I don't even want to mention their names, the team up north. I mean, they can beat you with special teams. The Jets' special teams this year, I think everybody would agree, has not exactly been so stellar. I mean, let's face it. The kickoff returns, the punt returns, some of the, some of the punts and things like that. I mean, when have we seen a really good return? I mean, when have we seen a return for a touchdown? I mean, let's not go crazy. But we haven't seen too much out of the special teams where we say, yeah, wow, look at that. Look at the special teams really put us in great position. So, you know, the Jets are not a team. They, they kind of need to have things clicking for them to be successful. And they really haven't had those things clicking in these last two games. So they're four and three. Now, if I had told you at the beginning of the year that Jets would be four and three, coming into a home game against Jacksonville, a two and five team. I think, I think you would have said, yeah, I think you might've said, yeah, that's, that's, that's very possible. You certainly wouldn't look to me like I had six heads. So I know a lot of people are upset. Two game losing streak is not fun, but you knew at some point in the season, you might face that. I mean, the jets are just not good enough to just waltz on the field and chalk up W's. I think everybody would agree with that. They need to go out, and play good football, they also need certain things to go their way to be successful. They need to have that running game on offense. We all know the offense is not as strong as the defense. It's, it's just not. It doesn't mean they can't be successful. They have been successful. 
when they've controlled the ball, when they've run the ball, and when they haven't had to throw too often. Again, we're not going to get too much into the game. We know Fitzpatrick went down with the thumb, and then Geno came in, and they were behind. And I know a lot of people are, are kind of on Geno's case about some of the sloppy plays he made. And, you know, I, I might give him a little bit of a pass. It seemed like to me that he was trying to do too much. They were behind. He was pressing. So maybe when if he starts this game against Jacksonville, and we don't know who's going to start. Could be Fitzpatrick. It could be Geno. Could be Bryce Petty. Could be some guy off the street. We don't even know that. We'll get into that a little bit later. But Geno was trying to make a play more than he should have. And I, I had kind of discussed this about this team being very much within themselves, playing within their roles, not trying to do too much. I felt like Geno was really – he was trying to get it back in one play. And – and he, he should have thrown the ball away a few times when he was running down that sideline. He said he didn't see the defensive back coming for him. Look, you got to have your head in a swivel there, Gino. You're the only quarterback left healthy. I mean, Fitzpatrick had to come in for a few plays, and you can see the guy's grimacing in pain. And now, you know, he you got your shoulder banged up. If you'd stepped out of bounds, you know what, maybe you'd be healthier. And look, I'm not going to get into a debate about early in the year with Fitzpatrick and Gino Smith. I really didn't have a, a horse in that place. I, I saw the good and bad in both of them. You know, Gino, the upside, the potential, the bigger arm, the more athleticism, even though Fitzpatrick's been kind of a runner. But he'll make some wild plays, and he'll, he'll, he'll make you scratch your head. That's what Gino will do. Fitzpatrick's more steady. He's more consistent. He won't make you scratch your head as much, and he won't make as many wild plays, but he's more consistent. So I saw the, I saw the uh, both scenarios, and I understood, obviously, when what happened with Gino when Fitzpatrick became the starter and the early success, no reason to take Fitzpatrick out. The one thing about Fitzpatrick was, and we all were kind of saying this, was when he was running hard and you know, kind of diving head first and doing these things, it's great to see the effort. But you kind of wondered maybe every now and then, you know, Brian, maybe you should slide. You don't need that extra yard or two. And it finally kind of got him. The, the uh, defensive back like, twisted his thumb there. And I uh, guess it's kind of up in the air exactly what's going to happen with, with him. So we'll move on to Jacksonville in a minute. Just want to go over a little housekeeping here. The Jets tried out a few players. David Asbury, who's a tight end, used to play for the Raiders. Now they could use a little help at tight end. I mean, Cumberland, he's got four catches this year, something like that. Um, he had a Kellen Davis sighting. Finally caught a pass. It's only been two years. Caught a touchdown pass. So he's not exactly um, going to set the world on fire as far as receiving. And his one catch this year and didn't have a catch until since 2013. So um, they also tried out a couple wide receivers. We know they're a little thinner wide receiver. Chris Wusu put on injured reserve. And we discussed this last week before he was put on injured reserve with the concussion. We're hoping for the best for him. It's unfortunate. He came back from the knee injury. He gets another concussion, two concussions so close together. The concern is definitely there. They put him on injured reserve. He's done for the year. So they and um, also the uh, the second round pick is uh, kind of banged up there. Devin Smith, a little banged up, didn't play in that game in, again in Oakland. He's kind of dealing with an ankle, so a little thin there at wide receiver. They tried a, a couple guys. Jared Boykin used to play for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Ulrich Robinson used to play for the uh, Redskins. Greg Salas, name Jeff Dansdell. He played for the Jets for a couple of years. He went to Detroit, and now he may be coming back to the Jets. Who knows? And Demarius Johnson played for Philly and the Texans. Uh, I don't believe any of them signed, but, again, they're, they're taking a peek. They're doing their due diligence, and that's exactly what they should be doing. Excuse me one second. So... You know, we, we, we want to kind of wash away these, these two games, and uh, the Jets definitely have a chance to do that, get a little home cooking here. They have two home games right in a row, Jacksonville, and then Thursday night, a quick turnaround for Buffalo, the return of Rex. You know, that will be the big storyline. But in taking a, kind of a longer-term approach to it, let's look ahead a little bit past Jacksonville. The Bills play the Dolphins this week. They come off their bye week. They play the Dolphins. And win or loss, they're going to come in and play hard. You know they're going to play hard with Rex and everything. But let's just let's make an assumption that the Bills win that game. Dolphins are a little banged up, lost Cameron Wake, really took a beating at the hand of the Patri- hands of the Patriots there, especially their offense. Uh, Dolphins 
offensive line is is, is uh, not very good. Let's just say the Bills win that. Let's just throw it out there. And let's just say the Jets win. Let's just throw that out there too. Whether they win or lose, I don't think it really matters because it's going to be five and three versus four and four if that scenario plays out. If they both win, if the Jets say lost and the Bills won, it'd be four and four versus four and four. Could be five and three versus three and five. I think either way, it's still a big game. No matter what happens, still a big game there. We're getting kind of ahead of ourselves. But just want to throw that out there. Two games, home games, very close together, which can go a long way in determining what's going to happen with our New York Jets this season. These are both conference games here. One's a division game, conference game. And the Jacksonville Jaguars sit at 2-5. and five, But the two teams they beat were in the AFC East. Of course, they got stomped on by the Patriots. They lost by like 40. But they beat the Bills over in London. Uh, E.J. Manuel did his best to throw the game away, and he did. Uh, they beat the Dolphins at home. So now they're coming to MetLife. Look, they're 2-5, and five, and you would think that a 2-5 and five team might be mailing in at this point in the season. But they're only uh, one game out of first place in the putrid AFC South. Um, the Colts are playing the Broncos. And the Titans, well, the Titans are 1-6. They just fired their coach. They're playing at the Saints. So, I mean, Jacksonville, <laughs> I mean, they're looking at it and saying, hey, why can't we win this division? So they're going to they're gonna have some motivation. And um, we'll get we'll get into Jacksonville in a minute. I, I keep saying that, but I want to get in a little bit about the Jets' running game because I discussed that a little bit earlier. I laid out some statistics. And when you're leading rusher Chris Ivory is running for seven yards a pop, you're going to win those games. You're going to win them. 200 yards rushing, you're not going to lose too often when you're rushing 200 yards. And earlier in the season, the Jets were getting turnovers. And the last two games, they had, had zero turnovers. And, and we know against the Raiders last week, and in the second half of the New England game, they couldn't get any pressure. They couldn't get any sacks. So a little bit concerning there. You're wondering what's going on. Again, some things that concern you a little bit is now there's some film out there. Now it's time to make adjustments. Teams are taking a look at us that are coming, scheming us, saying, okay, where can we beat them? What do they do? What are their tendencies? That's what they're looking at. What are the Jets' tendencies here or there? So some of those things have come out. I was not the biggest fan of the hiring of Chain Galley just because I don't really think he's ever had success. In fact, in 2008, he was demoted from offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, he brings this spread offense, you know, my opinion of Chain Gailey's offense is just kind of like, is it really that innovative? I mean, does any defensive coordinator going up against Chain Gailey's offense say, whoa, I mean, it is what it is. It's a legitimate NFL offense, but it's not anything that these defensive coordinators have not seen. And they're going to have to start doing some things a little bit different and making some adjustments here. And we'll see what Chain Gailey does. The one thing that I remember about Shane Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with him moving forward is that they started off the season five and two, 2011 when he was head coach of the Buffalo bills and Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. They finished one and eight. So, you know, something went, went awry there. That's, that's a, that's a pretty big letdown. So maybe the adjustments weren't made just, just something, a cause for concern. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. Just throwing it out there as, this is where we're going to have to see the coaching step up. And I said that last week. Let's face it, it was a total meltdown last week. Total meltdown by everybody. Coaches, players, everybody. Front office, everybody. Total meltdown. Total, the whole organization just melted down last week. So you know what? These guys are veterans. They're going to put it behind them. These coaches have been in the league long enough. Chain Galley's been in the league long enough now. He should be able to make some adjustments to make this offense you know, flow again. And, um, you know, you say they put up 20 points or whatever they put up against the Raiders, but, but the fact is that the Raiders kind of put, took their foot off the accelerator towards the end there. And there was one instance in that game where I thought maybe the Jets should have went for it on fourth down. It was late in the game. They punted. The Raiders did them a favor. They threw the ball a few times. But, you know, 34 points, you can't give up 34 points. This defense is better than that. They gave up 30 a week, the week earlier. That's a high, high-powered high offense, but still, this defense is still better than that. They're better than giving up 30 points per game. And, and you know what? We, we all know that the Jets aren't built to come back from giving up 30 points. Now, they can put up 30 points as an offense when they're winning the turnover battle. They'll, turn those, they'll take those turnovers and turn them into points. That's what they were doing earlier in the season. I talked about 
the uh, turnover differential. And, you know, I have to, I would have to say that that's definitely changed as of right now. So let's see if I can pull it up here for you about what the jets are. Oh, they're still pretty good. They're still plus 22 on, on takeaway giveaway. That's, that's pretty darn good. But we do want to see some more turnovers than win the turnover battle. We know that's important. Here's something I want to get into, too. Let's get into a little bit last week. Chris Ivory, so far this season, has 115 rushing attempts in six games. Remember, he missed the one game in Philadelphia. His, his career high for rushing attempts was last year just under 200, 198. And they're obviously leaning very hard on him. And he's always kind of been a complimentary guy. You know, maybe a workhorse, but a guy who always had a compliment to him. You could give him a, you give him a rest. You give him a breather. Maybe you, maybe you take five, ten carries away from giving him to someone else. I know Bilal Powell's a little banged up. You know, Zach Stacey's not really the guy. But where's Steven Ridley? This guy was active for the game. Is he not healthy to play? Then why'd you take him off pup? I mean, couldn't you use somebody else? I mean, what, I mean hand the ball off to Tommy Bohannon. Chris Ivory appears to be wearing down. That's, that's, that's my concern with Chris Ivory. And, and, he's, and he's a guy who has to be the workhorse. This is a long season still. We still have a, we still have a, a lot more football to be played. And Chris Ivory, right, at this pace, is going to well surpass the number of carries that he's used to. And now he's been a little dinged up. I know with the hamstring and this and that. But they need this running game to, to be more effective. And right now, who, who have you really got that you say, well, who can spell Chris Ivory a little bit? That guy's got to be Steven Ridley. It's got to be him. So he's got to make his way onto the field. I just don't understand why you would activate him, start practicing him, bring him out to Oakland if he can't play. I just don't know why he didn't at least, at least make an appearance in that game. And down the stretch of the season, I think you're going to need him to spell Ivory so you can keep Ivory fresher. And, it, and again, Ivory is a hard, hard-nosed runner who can get dinged up. And if he does get dinged up and has to miss a game again, you're going to need somebody to carry the load. And I don't think it's going to be Bilal Powell or Zach Stacy to com- combined to do that. So let's hope that Stephen Ridley can get on the field sooner rather than later because they're going to need him. Now let's, let's just go over some things here. With the Jets, we know Nick Mangold was out of the last game. We'll have to see what happens with him. Hopefully he'll come back. Again, he's a warrior. Um, Jets' offensive line really didn't play so well. I thought there was one play in particular, DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Kind of let the guy come in. Should have been a roughing the passer. He hit he hit Geno Smith right in the sternum with his helmet. But, you know, DeBrickishaw was kind of on his knees on the ground. He kind of knew he missed the guy. And the one thing about DeBrickishaw, he's been a warrior. Like I said, he's never missed a start. But he's getting he's getting a little older. And, um, you know, you wonder if, again, a long season. This is what we're talking about. It's a long season. And fatigue can set in and injuries set in. All teams have this. So you've got to kind of manage, you know, players. And I know that the Brickishaw is not coming out of the game. He's not being mad. He's not getting spelled. But, again, here's a guy who started every game since 2006. I just hope that he doesn't kind of wear down as the season moves on. He's going to always, always be facing that kind of elite, pass rusher on the other team that's that's his job and um you know given given the wear and tear in his body let's hope that he can play up to a high level and and not have these kind of lapses because i do, do remember that one play in particular um just we know that there's a lot of guys banged up i mean you, you had a lot of guys banged up in this game and and we really ha- haven't had kind of a full report on who's healthy, who's questionable, whatever, who's not practicing. We'll, we'll get that more in the, near, in the near future. But coming into this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can't say that the Jets are going to be as healthy as they have been, say, earlier in the year. Now, no, nobody complained when the Washington Redskins walked in banged up and the Jets were fairly healthy and they, they stomped on them, which they should have, and they did. So no one's going to be upset. Jacksonville's going to be upset if Calvin Pro can't play or if Buster Screen can't play, or if Devin Smith, nobody's going to be upset. You know what? It's, it, every team's are dealing with injuries, and injuries can be devastating to teams. It can be. They can devastate a team. Look at the, look at the Dallas Cowboys. 
But these injuries to the Jets, while they hurt, and they definitely hurt, I think they have the players that can overcome them. Now, Marcus Williams was playing safety. I'm just kind of wondering why, why they don't call up someone from the practice squad. Isn't Rontez Miles on the practice squad? Maybe he would have been a guy to call up. Kind of put Marcus Williams in a position. I don't think he's used to playing safety. He's a cornerback. He didn't look so hot out there. So maybe maybe they'll make a move. We'll see. Again, it's going to depend upon um, how these guys heal up, what their game status is. And right now it's too early in the week to really tell who's going to be healthy and who's not. But I think they got to get back to playing Jeff football. And obviously the last couple of games, they, they, they really didn't play Jeff football. They were kind of, especially the defensive line, which is the strength of this team. The defensive line kind of disappeared late in the game in New England and kind of disappeared for most of this game. I know there were missed tackles by the linebackers and some bad bad angles taken by guys and the secondary had got beat. I know all that, okay? And we, we know. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into that game. But it starts up front. We know that. And when the Jets have been very physical with teams on both sides of the ball, that's the recipe, physical, physically dominating teams. I mean, the Miami Dolphins, I mean, let's face it, they physically dominated them on both sides of the ball. Miami Dolphins that don't really run the ball well, don't really defend the run well. But you know what? You still got to go up, line up, put the shoulder pads on, and knock the guy down, which is what they did to the Miami Dolphins. So they got to come out, I think, with a little bit of an attitude here. I think they will. I think they will. Because they got a lot of guys on this team that have been through the ups and downs of the season. Look, the Green Bay Packers, they're an elite team, even though they lost. They're still an elite team in my mind. Still have an elite quarterback. They have a very good defense. They went to Denver. Hey, they got beat. You think the Green Bay Packer fans are running out in the streets? That's it? We're ripping up their tickets or ripping up their stock? You know, they own the stock in the team? No. It's one game, counts one in the loss column, and again, this is where the Jets are. They're kind of in that middle of the pack, and they're in the pack right now. Unfortunately, you know, now the Raiders who are in the pack are in the conversation for the playoffs. They have a little bit of a tiebreaker advantage moving forward. Again, we'll see what happens. It's too early. There's going to be some more separation. But there are some teams in there that you look at right now that concern you. Pittsburgh, I know, lost Cincinnati. They're 4-4. Four and four. They got Roethlisberger back. They lost uh, Le'Veon Bell. That's going to hurt them. But I think Pittsburgh, I mean, down the stretch, you've got to be concerned about them. Um, obviously you're concerned about the Raiders. Even the Kansas City Chiefs won that game in London. Maybe they put themselves back in the conversation here. And again, I discussed the Buffalo Bills a little bit. If they win, if they win against the Dolphins, if they win that game, they're going to come in here and it's going to be a huge game Thursday night. So the Jets have these two games very close together. Hopefully they can get some guys back for this game and for the next game. But whether they get guys back or not, next man up. That's why you went out and you got a lot of guys for your secondary, so you'd have some depth there. That's why you went out and spent some money. You know, the wide receivers. You drafted a guy, you brought in Brandon Marshall. By the way, I want to correct myself on, on, on two things. One, I mistakenly said Trey Mason that was the uh, right guard for the uh, New England Patriots. That was Trey Jackson. Shaq Mason is another rookie. I got him confused with the last name. I apologize. And also, I, I have to uh, just backtrack on Mike McCadden's draft. He did use a draft pick to acquire Brandon Marshall, who's been, who's been fantastic. So, you know, throw that into if, – if you're going to include trades, which I did, you have to include that trade too. So when your overall evaluation of his draft class – and I, I, I also include when you trade a draft pick and acquire a player, or you make a trade for a player, I like to look at that and say, well, in the draft, how many players did you acquire? And with that draft – this first draft this year, 2015, Mike McCagnan acquired nine players, six that he actually drafted, three through trades. So don't want to leave Brandon Marshall out. Wouldn't be fair. So let's throw him in there. And he has been, like I said, as advertised. And um, I, I do hear this a lot from some fans, which, which bothers me a little bit about Eric Decker. I mean, people, I know he's a little banged up and, and people are a little down on Decker, but I think Decker's having a pretty decent year. I mean, you look, Marshall is the focal point, right? 
Eric Decker's got 30 receptions for about 400 yards and five touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, but that that's that's not bad. The five touchdowns, especially that's more than Marshall has four touchdowns. So that's, I know Marshall has almost 700 yards receiving. That's great. But I don't think I don't think that Decker has been bad at all. So I, I don't think that that criticism is is is, is warranted for Decker. Um, would like to hopefully see him get his knee healthier and be able to get out there and 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 run a little bit a little bit better. That would be good to see. But let's let's talk a little bit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mentioned them a little bit. Two and five. Again, they've been irrelevant for a long time. One thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars, David Caldwell, who is their general manager, was actually in line to be the Jets general manager uh, before the former general manager, John Idzik, got hired. And I I believe this, and I've been told this kind of off the record, was that David Caldwell wanted to kind of take a very slow and steady approach that maybe you need about four years before, before I can make this team into what you want. That's what he told Shad Khan. And look, Jacksonville Jaguars are two and five. They've been, they've, they've been terrible the last couple of years, but they, they do have some talent. They do have some talent and have some young talent. And you wonder after this season, I mean, they lost Dante Fowler, the third overall pick eight days into the season, the guy tore his ACL. I mean, you talk about bad luck. But I think when this season is over, you might look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and take a look at them, and they've got some money to spend, and they might have another draft, some young guys developing. They have a young quarterback in Blake Bortles. He's got a 56% completion percentage, which isn't so good, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions, a quarterback rating 82.5. So he was the third overall pick two years ago. They're trying to develop him. Um, they put some pretty decent guys around him as far as T.J. Yeldon, the running back out of Alabama. Allen Robinson is having a pretty decent year so far. The wide receiver, 34 receptions, 586 yards, six touchdowns. Allen Hearns, he's had 500 yards receiving, five touchdowns. Julius Thomas, the old tight end from uh, the Denver Broncos, he was banged up a little bit. He's come back. So they, they have some talent on offense. The one thing about the Jacksonville Jaguars is that their offensive line tends to give up a lot of sacks. They gave up 71 sacks last year. They they've given up um, they've given up 19 sacks this year. 19. So you you can get up after Blake Bortles. You can get up after him. And the Jets are going to have to do that. That's that's what they're going to have to do. But they 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 score over 20 points per game. But the defense gives up the 31st in giving up points. They give them almost 30 points per game. The defense. So you know, can this team be had? Yeah. It definitely can be had, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't take them lightly. They they have they have some nice pieces on defense. I mean, Telvin Smith is a nice linebacker. Had a really nice game in London. Paul Puzlugny is a nice run stopper there. Like Jonathan Cyprian, the strong safety. He's all over the field. They got the Cedric Marks back, a guy who tore his ACL. He could be a little bit of a run stuffer there. And here's the one thing that concerns me, is that they're 14th against the rush, which isn't great, but. The Jets haven't beaten a team that's been that's been better on defense than 20th against the rush. So let's let's take that from where it comes from. The Jets got to get that running game going. Look, we we know this. No matter who's under center, no matter who it is, and I really hope it's not Bryce Petty. And I think a lot of people I hear a lot of people calling for Bryce Petty, but you know I I keep saying that that you you want Bryce Petty to start this game. You're four and three. You win this game, you go to five and three. I don't think you want Bryce Petty to walk into this situation right now. At least Geno Smith, if he if he was capable of starting and Fitzpatrick wasn't, he's got some starts under his belt. Now, like I said, I think he pressed last week. This week the game will start zero zero. He won't have to press. So, would I feel more comfortable with Geno Smith than Bryce Petty right now at this point in time, given the circumstances? Yeah. I definitely would. I think if Bryce Petty starts this game, there's there's, there's going to be some issues. But either way, no matter who starts, you got to run the ball. You got to be able to run the ball. You can't be throwing the ball 40, 45 times again. That's not a recipe for success. And I guess that's the biggest injury concern right now going into this game is who's going to be the starter at quarterback and how healthy are they going to be? You know, the Jets got to get back to playing Jeff football, especially on defense, especially on defense. They got to get some turnovers. 
put their offense in some favorable positions. The offense got to eat some clock, move the ball, keep keep the defense guessing. But I guess my point is Jacksonville is coming off a bye week. So they're they're fairly fresh. You know, the Jets are coming off two two tough kind of road games and they're a little banged up. So and that kind of plays a little bit in Jacksonville's favor. They got to come to our place, which is good. Jets finally get some home cooking. They definitely need it. But by no means do I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars come in here and they're not motivated. Because I think they are. Because they look at their division and say, hey, we win this game. We, we, might, be, we might be in for, tied for first place. So the Texans aren't playing. That's the only team that's not playing. If the Colts lose and they win, they're, they're tied for first place with the Houston Texans. So they have a lot of motivation in this game. They do have a young team. They do have a young team and an up-and-coming team. And you wonder – I don't think they're quite there yet. They're quite there yet because the Jets have a lot of veteran guys. They have a lot of young guys, inexperienced, growing. Maybe next year they're in the conversation for a playoff spot. Not this year, obviously, by their record. Now I'm saying they could be in the playoff race just because they're in a garbage division. That's the only reason why. If the Colts were 5-2 and two right now, or, you know, excuse me, five and three or six and two, if they played eight games, then maybe this team would come in a little flat, mail it in. The teams do do that in this league. They do mail it in. I, I, I don't think they're going to come in and, and mail it in given their circumstances uh, right now. And the Jets are, are a little banged up. So, you know what, guys are going to have to step up. Guys are going to have to step up. And I guess the most important thing here is – this offensive line, I mean, Luke Jokel, who's the left tackle, I mean, he was the second overall pick. Eric Fisher was the first overall pick. Two left tackles taken in that draft. That's 2013, I believe. And he hasn't really lived up. <laughs> he hasn't really lived up to his billing. I'll tell you that much. I mean, when they give up, you, know, you have a guy who's taken second overall. Look, Derek Charles Ferguson was taken fourth. I think – I think they would trade the scenario, so to speak, and say, hey, you know what? I like what the Brickshaw Ferguson has given um, compared to what Luke Jokel. Yes, it was 2013. I was just checking that. He hasn't, he hasn't been so great. Um, and they're not, they're, not, they're, they're not big on rushing the ball either. Let's go over their offense quickly. They, they rush the ball at 25th in the lead. They rush for a little under 100 yards a game. They throw the ball about 245. The 23rd in the league with yards, 21. I mean, 21 points per game, 23rd. So their offense is is, is okay. It's it's just okay. We we have a very good defense. I know a little banged up, but very good. If there's ever a game where the Jets can get themselves sort of back in the groove here, as far as getting pressure, because that's what we've missed, right? We've missed that pressure. Quarterbacks had too much time, too much time the last couple of games. Packages maybe not working as effective. These guys are not winning their one-on-one matchups. I think they got Sheldon Richardson back, but he hasn't been much of a factor just yet. I think this is the game where you're going up against an offensive line that tends to give up sacks that you can start to see some of these things working. But again, I, I do think that the defense will have to make some adjustments in their scheming because it's on film now. And, you know, Buster Screen is banged up. He, he's kind of that guy that was, was really one of the catalysts for that when you send the corner blitz. He was the guy who was doing it. He was moving around a lot. and he, he was, He's a little banged up. So somebody else is going to have to fill that role. All right? So I think this is a chance for them to get back to playing Jeff football. And you know what? You can't have 20 missed tackles in a game. That, I, I don't foresee 20 missed tackles, but this will be good for them to get that victory under their belt this week and move forward going to a big Thursday night matchup. And I know everyone's going to talk about Rex. Everyone's going to talk about Rex coming back. But forget about Rex coming back. Forget about it. It's about playoff positioning. It's about potentially making the playoffs. And again, the Oakland Raiders game was a big, had big playoff implications. And I don't care whether, whether even if Buffalo loses to Miami. It's still going to be a big game for them. Because if they, if they come in at 3-5 and five and lose, they go to 3-6, and six, and now they're kind of putting themselves out of it. So it will be a big game for them no matter what. But I guess the bottom line is here with, with Jacksonville, the one thing that I don't like 
is that they're coming in relatively healthy off a bye week. That that doesn't hurt having that extra rest, that extra time to prepare. I wouldn't take them lightly. I wouldn't take them lightly, even though they're a two, they're only a two win team. They've been more competitive this year than they've been in the past. You know what? They're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna get this win under their belt. Last week I made a prediction. Uh, I'm not gonna make a prediction of the score. I'm just gonna say they just have a very good chance of walking out of here with the victory. And you know what? For all the things that happened, five and three at the halfway point. If I told you again they were going to be five and three at the halfway point, I think you would have looked at me and said, "Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take five and three. And you know what? I said this before, and I'll say it for the last time before we wrap up the show. September and October are very important because you want to put yourself in position to make a playoff push. And that's what the Jets have done, whether they win or lose this game. They're in a position to make a playoff push. But you have to play, play real well November and December. There's an old adage, win in December, play in January, even though the last game is in January. But you get my point. Well, win in November and December, I'm going to kind of add another month on there. Win in November and December. The Jets are in the conversation for the playoffs, regardless of what happens in the game. They're still in the conversation. But these two games are going to go a long way to pushing them forward and saying, yeah, you know what? We got these under our belt. Conference wins, division wins, those important things. Or maybe maybe this slide kind of continues. I don't see it. I don't see it with this team. I don't see it with their leadership. I don't see it even with their coaching. Todd Bowles is a rookie coach. I know he was an interim coach for a little while. But he's still a rookie coach. There's going to be some growing pains. This is where the rubber meets the road. I like to say that. This is where the rubber meets the road. I said that last week, but you know, this week especially. You don't want to have this team come out flat, miss tackles. This is time for them to come out, play crisp football, show more of that team that we saw earlier in the year, more of that team that came out and dominated. That's the type of team that we need to see. And, and this game is, is important, I think, just from a confidence standpoint. The Jets are a confident group of players. I don't think their confidence – is is maybe it's maybe shaking a little bit. I mean, maybe they're not quite as confident as they were a few weeks ago, but I still think they're a confident bunch in their abilities because they know that they can play better than they played the last two weeks, especially last week, especially last week. They know they're a better team than that. I went over the records of the teams and this and that, and they got a couple of teams down the down the stretch that are not so good, the ten, Tennessee and that kind of thing. But they got some teams down the stretch that are going to be in the hunt. Division matchups, even going to Houston. I mean, they're going to probably want to win that game, not because they just want to win it, but because they, they realize that the division is wide open. The New York Giants, they're, 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 in, they're in the race there in the NFC East. I don't think that by the time they play the Giants that they're going to be out of that with, with all the things that are going on there, how up in the air it is. Same thing with the Cowboys. They, they, might, make, they, they might be still relevant in the NFC East and more healthy. And then they finish with New England and Buffalo. So that's way in the future. But I think just to get things back back on a winning track, get that get get the bad taste out of their mouth in the last two games. They got to come out here and not just beat Jacksonville, but dominate them. I think they got to dominate, and I think it starts up front. I really do. I think it starts up front, especially on the defensive side. Look, this team's going to go as far as the defense takes them. We know their offense is serviceable when they get that running game going, but the offense needs more things to be successful than the defense does. The defense has talent in various places. Some guys could pick you up. The secondary could pick up the line. The line could pick up the secondary. The linebackers could pick them both up. I think you see enough talent there, though a little bit on the outside. I know we're concerned a little bit that they're a little thin there. But you know, what team doesn't have some area where maybe they'd like to have one or two more players? But you know what? They've got enough talent on defense. They were the number one ranked defense in the league for a while. They should play more like that. And I think that's more what you're going to see in this game. I think they're going to come out angry. They're going to come out with a purpose. And they know what's on the line here. They know what's on the line. You want to get a victory here? You don't want to go into playing Buffalo with a three-game losing streak. That's, 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 not, that's not what you want. Get the victory here. You know what? Feel good about yourself. Short week. Come back. 
and you're going to play a tough division opponent, and we'll be discussing them on our next episode. Listen, we really appreciate all the downloads and all the listens. Um, still think that this is this the season has a long ways to go, but you know what? The Jets are relevant. They're very relevant, and I know we're all disappointed by the performance last week, and we all expect better. But I think we have to try to look at some positives here and say, go to five and three. You know what? Halfway point. That's what we usually do, right? Four, 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 and four. Five and three, and then it's on to the second half of the season. And let's see where this goes. And let's hope that somebody, one of the quarterbacks that has some experience, can start this game. Um, Wouldn't be shocked if they sign somebody in the next couple of days just as a backup. But I don't really think that you want to see Bryce Petty out there right now. Don't think that that's the best case scenario. I mean, look, if they were terrible and you wanted to throw him out there and see what he could do, that's a different story, but they're not. They're in the playoff race. I want some guy with some, some experience. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick can't play, he can't play. He's injured, he's injured. If he can play and he can suck it up and he can take whatever the pain is or whatever and he's not going to hurt himself anymore, great. Let him go out there and play. If Geno Smith can play, I know he bruises his shoulder. If they get padding on there, they don't feel like he's going to hurt himself even even more, that he could take a hit if he needed to. You know, hopefully he won't have to. But look, and, and Fitzpatrick can't play. I think I feel a lot more comfortable with Geno Smith out there, a guy who's played games in this league, a guy who's been a starter, than with Bryce Petty. So my my opinion is that one of the guys will be will be going on Sunday. I don't have any inside information, just a gut feeling. I think that one of the guys will go on Sunday. And I do think the Jets are going to win this game. I'm not going to have a final score. I just think they're going to come back. They're going to play more like the Jets that we saw earlier in the season. Maybe get a couple turnovers, turn those into some points, and play with a lead. That's what they like to do. That's what they're built to do. They're built to play with a lead. They're not built to come from behind. They're not. They're built to stop the other team's running game, make them one-dimensional, and then come after you. And on the offensive side of the ball, they're meant to pound the rock, Mix in that passing game with Marshall and Decker, hitting them on the slants when you think they're going to run the ball, keep them on their, keep them on their heels. So that's what, the kind of game I think we're going to see. Come out of there five and three. Look, we'll look forward to Buffalo. Just want to thank everybody for all the downloads and listens. Like I said, we're going to be doing some, some pretty cool things moving forward. I hope that um, if you want to get into the action, you will. We'll keep you posted on Twitter. It's at Green Zone Radio. And for Julian Carter, This is Dennis Agapito. Thank you so much for listening, and go Jets.